So I want to talk to you about lessons learned in the Mafia, and this is going to apply to our structure and volunteering and how we interact. Uh, in the Mafia, uh, I found this fascinating. There's this setup, there's this organizational chart that they have where they have the boss up at the top and he thinks about big picture stuff and like all the daily um, things that are going on within the family uh, don't get to him. He just thinks big picture, uh, stuff like that. And then under him is the underboss. And the underboss is thinking big picture also, but he's the one who reports to the boss, lets him know, hey, here's what's going on. And he's also thinking about logistics and day-to-day -day things and what's going on, um, like how things are happening. So he's thinking about more details there. And then underneath the underboss are the capos. And these are guys who um, are in charge of different sections of their territory. Um, and they are uh, talking to the soldiers who are doing the dirty work of the mafia. They're getting things done, making it happen. So the boss says, hey, I want to do this. It gets passed to the underboss who then passes it on to the different capos and then that gets passed on to the soldiers and then those things happen, right? So I want to, I want to get a hit out on, on Vinny two legs, right? And then, so then he passes that on and it goes down to the underboss, the capo, down to this soldier who's going to go do this hit on Vinny two legs. And uh, which could be anybody named Vinny, because most all Vinnies have two legs. But um, it gets passed down, and then things get passed back up to the boss. Here's what's going on. So, what I've found is that in the mafia, there's great organizational structure, and in order for things to work, things have to flow down throughout the organization. Everybody needs to know what's going on, and things need to flow back up so the boss knows what's going on. When the boss says something, the people do it. In order for the family to work and all this to happen, though, the soldiers have to play their part. And they have to realize that what they're doing is for their greater vision, advances the mission. When this soldier goes and collects whatever fee from Big Lip Sal, because he owes, you know, that is going to help fund the rest of the family. And he needs to know, my part is not insignificant. It may feel insignificant, but it's not insignificant. It matters. It's everyone playing their part, doing their role, is good for the whole, right? Here's what I also found out too, about um, not just the mafia, but drug dealers, right? Drug dealers have this intricate system of organization just like this. You got people who are dealers, you got people who are, who are uh, outlooks, you got suppliers, you got um, people who cut up the coke, uh, who, all this stuff. Sophie could probably tell us better than me. I just watched a documentary, that's all. But, so, but in this, everybody plays their part and everybody has a part to play. And they're so committed to what they do. Yeah, if you want to come sit over here, we can bring this uh, closer. Okay. I I'm sorry, I'm just so warm because I'm like right by the fire. So if you're feeling cold, I don't want you to suffer in silence. Come on, get closer. So, 
what happens, like, everybody, like, they're so committed to what they do. Like, they'll wake up super early in the morning and do runs. They'll stay out late at night. Like, they're on call, right? Because they so believe in what they're doing. And they got to be in constant communication. Everybody has to know what's going on for this enterprise to work and to happen. And I was just thinking, if the church in general had as much structure and organization and commitment and communication as the mafia, as drug dealers, we'd be unstoppable, right? But here's, here's what happens in church. Here's the conversations that happen. I know because I led a church. Well, I called so-and-so, but they never called me back. Well, I sent an email, but they never emailed me back. Well, I had this call set up for so-and-so at this time, but then they said they couldn't because something came up and they rescheduled. Well, I had this meeting for my whole team to come and two people showed up. Right? This is what happens in church world. Oh, I know things come up, uh, you know, but they're showing up to deal drugs. They're, show, they're showing up to do organized crime. They're communicating and talking. What if we got so organized and so committed and communicated so well, we made what we did as a priority so much so in the church, man, we'd be unstoppable. Imagine what we could do. We're, people are peddling drugs, and we're peddling the Lord, <laughs> the gospel. We got the greatest message the world has ever heard. So let me uh, said the magic word. write some more stuff. What's that? Yeah, committed. Committed. So, let me show you what our structure is. And then I want to give you some takeaways. Some bullet points on this. I'm not the boss. I'm not the Don. I'm not Vito Corleone. I'm not. Jesus is the boss of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the one who makes the church grow. It's his church, not mine. Okay? So know that. In our structure, we have a pastor, and then I've switched this up from previous uh, coordinators or directors. Or pastors. So we have a family ministry pastor, right? And then we have coaches, captains, team members. This is where we're going to get away from some of the mafia talk. Because <laughs> I don't want to be the boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then I got E M T. So the way our structure works is this: we have a pastor, and then coordinators, directors, or pastors. These are people who are over ministries, right? So we may have a we'll have a frontline coordinator, and they're in charge of. Frontline, first impressions, getting people connected, greeting, saying hey to people, right? We'll have a production uh, coordinator, or we'll have, I'm sorry, 
we'll have a, a, a worship leader and creative director who is over uh, production and worship and uh, creative. We'll have a family ministry pastor over uh, elementary, birth through two, uh, preschool, and then middle school and high school. Uh, we'll have a, uh, so we got some of these different areas, these big areas. And then we have coaches. Coaches are over sub areas. They would be like the capos in the, in the mafia sort of uh, illustration that I gave you. These are people who are over sub areas. So we have a production coach. They're over the production area, sound, light, video. We'll have uh, elementary coach, uh, preschool coach, uh, birth through two coach, a middle school coach, high school coach. We'll have a frontline coach, maybe if we have different divisions within frontline. But coaches are over subdivisions of these bigger things. And then we have captains. These are people who are in charge of uh, a team for a week. So again, we want to serve every other week. So you serve one week and then you come the next week. Um, this captain is in charge of their team members who serve that week. We come into some football terminology here, but here's how this works. Pastor and coordinators, directors, pastors are E, so that's entrepreneurial. And the idea for people at this level of the organization is we think we want to think big picture. What's next? What's the vision? What, what's the direction that we're heading? So looking at things at a 30,000 foot view, not getting so bogged down into the details and the weeds where it's like, um, okay, we're going to have somebody uh, doing, we're going to have people hauling trailers. So I should not be making the schedule of who's hauling trailers, right? Because that's getting further down into the organization. I'm like, okay, we need some people to haul trailers. Who's going to oversee the people hauling trailers and make that schedule? Who's, will they need a, a tow hitch? All right, who's going to make sure, or they need a, a draw bar and a ball? Who's going to make sure that they have what they need? I shouldn't be going to Home Depot, driving over to Doug's house, being like, here's your draw bar and ball, you know? So we want to think big picture up here. Um, and then for our coaches and captains, this is thinking uh, like managing things. So here, what are the systems that we're going to put in place? What are the things that we're going to do? Um, and they're going to create those systems, teach others those systems, and then ensure that it's happening. So a coach, I'm going to switch to football now. Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches of all time, um, does not play the game, right? He doesn't go out there and catch balls. He doesn't go out there and, and, and throw the ball. He doesn't tackle people. That's not his job as a coach. His job is to coach the players, the captain, who was Tom Brady, the greatest <laughs> quarterback of all time. Uh, his job is to coach those people. So the coach should not be doing the actual job, but they should be creating the, the systems and the processes. The coach should be the one calling the captains, saying, hey, tell me, tell me how your Thanksgiving was. Tell me how your family was. Tell me about this. Hey, here's what we got coming up. Here's a system that we have in place. Let me train you on how to do it. How are you, how are you interacting with your team members? How's their life? Things like that, right? So a coach for elementary isn't necessarily in there teaching the lesson for elementary students. 
but their job is to make sure that they have people who are equipped and ready to lead those lessons. Um, then our captain, a captain plays. The captain of the team, you got, a, you got several captains on a football team and they actually play, but they oversee various players. The captain is overseeing various team members, but they're also, they're setting up and they're putting up chairs and making sure things are going right. And then team members are there uh, making it happen, right? And so you got entrepreneurial, managers, and then the technicians down here. Technicians are, tell me what to do and I'll do it, right? The technician is the one who does it. Um, so this is our leadership pipeline, so to speak. Um, and the goal is to have this filled in every area so that you're a team member on a, uh, on a team or you're a captain or a coach or, or perhaps even on staff in a volunteer level or a paid level here. Um, let me go back to captains. The role of the captain is to ensure that their team members are cared for and that they have what they need. So they're making the schedule. So I got these four people serving this week. They know it. I've communicated with them. They're the ones saying, hey, I heard that your son had a soccer game. How was it? So as we talk about this structure, too, it's not just cold, callous business type stuff, but it's also being invested in people's lives and caring for people. It's when this team member uh, has an issue or has a miscarriage or is going having a fight with their spouse or is thinking about dating somebody and they need advice or whatever, they could go to their captain. That's the kind of bond that we want to create where it's like, I feel so loved and cared for, not just, hey, you didn't show up Sunday, where are you? No, no, not that. But this person really cares about me. I can go to them and talk to them and we want the relationship with the captain and the coach, that same thing all the way on up so that if you're serving in our church and you have an issue and stuff like that you don't have to be like hey can I meet with you no you got you got a captain that you can meet with who can who can who can talk to you about that and be your pastor so to speak it's not because I don't want to it's because I, well I'm available and I would love to do that but I also want to give other people opportunities to do ministry work as well and to be there. Um, or for team members to go to the other team members. Here's this thing I got going on in my life. Now, team members do not go to other team members and say, man, that sermon really sucked. What'd you think about blah, blah, blah. <laughs> team members don't go to captains and coaches and team members don't go to one another and be like, I think the way we're setting up these chairs is stupid. This church is blah. We don't gossip. Okay? You know, that's where I'm going. We don't gossip. Team members can go to captains and say, hey, I think I have a better way to set up chairs. Here's my solution. Because we're solution-oriented. We, we want to fix problems, not cause problems and create problems. You with me? Um, so we have this structure in place for care. We have this structure in place for communication. We have this structure in place for efficiency and organization, um, organizational stuff to get done. Right? We have the structure in place because if it's here, all of it's up here, I'm quitting. Yeah, I can only do so much, right? And one of my um, problem, one of the problems I have, and I'm just gonna let you know right now, is I 
take on every like I take on stuff I I don't need to or shouldn't because I don't want to burden others with it I don't want to bother others with it I want to help others by I'll I'll do that it is a weakness I have where I end up saying yes to things I shouldn't say yes to and it inhibits me from saying yes to the things that I should say yes to and I don't operate as well as I should that was one of my issues previously, um, which is why I needed to take a break. So, yeah. We're here for you. I know. <laughs> I know, and I need to. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We're here for you and Irene, too, because this is a big break. Yeah. And that's why I'm telling you guys this, too, so that you know this is like one of my. Uh, weaknesses and I think I feel like it's because I feel like I can only it, it, it's part of stuff in my past from from growing up having a survival mentality things just where like I have to do it and if I don't do it it won't get done and it and yeah and it's yeah yeah right so that's something, uh, and I'm letting you guys know, uh, so you can, if you see that in me, let me know. And, you know, so anyway, so this is our structure. We'll dive deeper into that uh, at other times. I want to give you a brief overview. I want to give you these points real quick and then uh, take thoughts. Um, when it comes to operating, um, I think smoothly and well and efficiently and getting stuff done and really be humming along as an organization. One of the key factors is response ability. Two words, response ability. Because your response ability will determine your level of responsibility. One word, responsibility, your ability to respond do you respond? Do you get back with people? Do you say, hey, I got this. Hey, I'll be there. Hey, I'll, you know, do you answer emails? Do you answer phone calls? Do you answer texts? We want to be the kind of people who have a high response ability. I know you saw it. Well, I don't know you saw it because <laughs> you didn't say anything, right? And you've experienced this in your own life. You reach out to some company, you leave a message, and they don't get back to you, and then you get mad, and you're like, oh, yeah. and you call them up again, and then, you know, we don't want to be those kind of people. We want to be the kind of people who respond. Your ability to respond determines your level of responsibility. If you cannot respond to people, you can't go up in responsibility. you got to be able to get back with people. Dave told me about uh, the Joe Rogan Experiment uh, podcast episode recently where they had uh, Snoop Dogg on the Joe Rogan uh, show. It's like a four-hour show, something like that. And apparently Snoop Dogg, they were talking, and he was like, oh, yeah, let me call this celebrity. You know, I, I, I don't know if that was a good impression, <laughs> but it wasn't. He was like, yeah, for shizzle, my nizzle, let me call this celebrity. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. So, but he called whatever celebrity, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, and he answered his phone. He answered his phone. And then he called some other celebrity. 
and answered their phone. And then he FaceTimed people. He wasn't even like, yo, what? He, he wasn't even like, I'm going to go on the Joe Rogan experiment and I'm going to call you, make sure you're by your phone. He just randomly called these celebrities. I think they're busy. And they answered. And you said, because it's Snoop? And that's probably it. They're probably like, y'all, Snoop Dogg, let me. But they're celebrities too, you know? Here's the thing. Sometimes I got a hard time having Craig in Norfolk answer his phone. Hey, hey, just call and leave me a message. Can you get back with me? All right. You know what I mean? Now, here, here's where I found a, a difference. I do weddings. It's one of the things I do. I got 160 weddings this year. Watch this. When somebody fills out a form on my site and I call them, nine times out of ten, they answer. They don't know my number, but they answer. When I set up a Zoom chat with a couple, even if it's a month in advance and I send them a Google invite, I don't call them to remind them and say, hey, remember we got a Zoom chat coming up. I just log on and they log on. Let me tell you, I've led a church for years and I've heard the conversations from staff. I had a phone call with somebody and they didn't answer. I had a, we scheduled a phone call and they didn't answer. We were gonna do a meeting and nobody responded, so I had to chase people down. Why, why is that happening in church world? Because let me tell you, it's not church people. You don't do this in your regular life, right? You respond back to people. What I've found is that when it comes to church world, People act differently, operate differently, for the most part. The only explanation I have is you said priorities. Like, I know you got family, I got family stuff going on, I can't come to a launch team meeting. Okay. But do you call your boss and say, I got family stuff coming, going on, I can't come in this week? Maybe, I don't know. What I'm saying is let's make sure our priorities are in the right place because we are helping the God of the universe advance the gospel, the good news to people who are dying and going to hell. God doesn't need us to do that, but he invites us into this work. How great of a calling is that? The prophet Isaiah stands before God. He sees this vision. God's seated on the throne and God said, who will go for us? And Isaiah said, send me, I'll go. I think there's a lot of Christians who if they were in that situation, they would, God would say, who will go for us? And they'll say, send me, I'll go. And God would be like, you don't even return text messages. You don't even answer the phone. You can't even get back on email. I can't trust you with this. Let's be the kind of people who respond, respond, respond. And let's also be the kind of people who we say our yes is going to be yes and our no is going to be no. Dear God, help us never be the people who say I'll try. A great Jedi master once said, Do or do not, there is no try.
That's Yoda. And maybe there's shame, and maybe there's guilt there. Yeah, yeah. And so we want to help people see, you don't have to be ashamed of that, because we're all messed up. And that's why God gives grace. And if God can do it in me, he can do it in you. And that's true. So we want to be the kind of people who let our yes be yes and our no be no. When, when somebody says, uh, when I say, hey, yeah, come on out to this, or hey, do you want to come out to this, or whatever, and they say, oh, I'll see. I, I, for real now, just respond and say, okay, so that means no. Right? Or, well, I'll try. Okay, so that means no. Can we just, say that too? just say no. Right. All right. Just, in love. But With just love. let it be yes or no. We want to be the kind of people who respond. Let me get through these last three. Play your part. Play your part. So, for this to work, for the mafia to work, we're better than the mafia. We're doing something greater than that. We got to play our part. Every team member has a part to play and understands that what I do helps the overall big picture. It moves the ball forward. Everyone has a part to play and everyone plays their part. I'm just setting up chairs on the skating rink. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're, you're setting out a seat for someone to sit in and encounter God and perhaps have their eternity forever changed. What's your why? I remember we went to Elevation Church one time and they were setting up a, a YMCA and uh, they got there Saturday night and they were setting stuff up. And then um, uh, I remember asking this lady because they would set up Saturday night, then they'd show up at six in the morning, Sunday, continue to set up, serve both services, tear down. They'd leave at like two or three. And, and, and she was there every week. And I was like, isn't that a lot? She was setting up the chair. She stopped and she looked and she said, you know the reason why I do this? It's for the person who's going to sit in this seat. If they're going to meet Jesus and they're going to be in heaven forever, I'll gladly give up every weekend to do this. Every person has it. you got to understand, the part you play, towing a trailer, greeting somebody, getting somebody connected, cleaning a bathroom, investing in kids, it connects to the overall bigger picture. So we're the kind of people who take ownership and we realize this isn't Pastor James' church. This is my church. And we take control. We take charge. We take pride in our church. Play your part. Because you're part of the body of Christ. You have a part to play. And if as part of the body of Christ, you don't do your part, we got a dysfunctional body. If your liver wasn't working, it's like, hey, what's going on down there? Do something. <laughs> Right? You do your part. And the body of Christ does not have room for uh, an appendix. Right? Because the appendix doesn't do anything. And if it gets riled up, it'll kill you. We don't have room for people who get riled up and blow up. We got space for people who do something. Play your part. Last two. It's not about me. It's not about me. We've got to have this mentality, this mindset. It's not about me. If you're going to have a successful mafia organization or a great and amazing church, you've got to have this idea. It's not about me. In the mafia, when somebody wants more or they make it about them, how can I move up in rank? How can I move up in power? Things get messy. People get whacked, right? They do. I want to take out this guy, whatever. You know, and then a war breaks out. And there's problems in the family 
Instead, if you serve and you excel and you produce and you accomplish, you get promoted. That leads to more responsibility. And in order for you to be great, in order for me to be great, Jesus gave us the path. The path to greatness is serving. Whoever wants to be great must be like the least of these. And Jesus set the example for us himself, he served. So it's not about me, it's not about my likes, it's not about my interests, it's not about my preferences. How can I serve the greater good? We're part of a body. We're part of God's kingdom. And I want to remind you, even big doors swing on small hinges. Even big doors swing on small hinges. Be the hinge. Be the hinge. Lastly, it's about integration, not balance. As we move forward in launching this church, I want to encourage you to embrace integration and not to embrace integration and not balance in your life. In the mafia, family is business and business is family. Being in the mafia isn't something you do, it's who you are. And so you got big get-togethers with the Italian dishes and everybody's all around. Oh, and that's Vito and Vinny and Charlie and Tony and all and then they all work, right? It's like integrated into the family. Oh, it's family. The same is true with church. We together collectively are gathering of people on a mission moving forward towards something. And so being the church is not something you do, it's who you are. It's who you are. For our kids, when we wake up early and show up at Skate House at 7 a.m., yeah, it's what we do as a family. Our kids look forward to serving. They look forward to setting up. Why? It's integration. It's what we do as a family. It's who we are. We are the church. We know that for this to happen, we got to do work. So come on, let's do it with a great joyful attitude. And we're going to make it a priority. Um, being, it's about... Um, so I'm going to schedule, I'm going to plan, I'm going to prioritize because this is who I am. I'm part of the church. I live this out. And part of the rhythms of our life is Sunday morning. It is this thing I've committed to being part of a launch team. It is doing the work of getting my steps in and putting out these door hangers. It's, it's integration. You choose what you live for. I want to invite you to choose to be the church and being part of this church means we're not afraid to put in some work. So those are four things I want to give to you. Responsibility determines responsibility. Play your part. It's not about me and it's about integration, not balance. Um, and I think if we do this, we'll be a great mafioso no <laughs> we will be I, I believe we'll be a powerful and effective church in our area if we do this so those are lessons learned from the mafia that i think we can implement into being the church